and Bradders. And I'm George. And we are Queens of the Hungle. Queens of the Hungle is a podcast where we play in the world around us, celebrate feminism in action, and say, I, I cannot, cannot, to bigotry in all its forms. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Hungle. Hungle. Welcome, Georgie. How are you doing this week? Welcome, Bradders. I'm, um, I'm really fucking tired, mate. This is, this is a week, innit? I'm falling apart. If I sound weird, <laughs> Hungle listeners, it's because I've got an ulcer on the side of my tongue. And it's actually all right at the moment because Georgie gave me some magic spray. Magic spray. It's numbed on the inside of my mouth. So, yeah, but I, I'm a bit lispy because of it. If you need some, some sort of, if you need a medical concern, then come to me. Yeah, she While is. I pull out of various bags and drawers. Some kind of illegal, illicit yeah, some pharmacist. Those, some of those painkillers were not prescribed for me. No. But there you go, they're mine now. But we do love them. Georgie, what can you cannot this week? Can you cannot? <laughs> can you not can do? I cannot. The poor gun control in the States and that guns are legal. Yeah, that is um, also my first I cannot. Yeah, I thought we'd have the same one on this. It's a, this is, um, we're going to go straight into it, guys. We're going to hit it hard. I, sh- I thought I'll do a funny one first, but no, because nah. this is so sad. Yeah. And it's so unnecessary. Yeah. Um, after, in the UK, after the Dunblane shooting, I've done about that, it was a guy went into a school in Dunblane and he shot the children and their teachers. We banned, um, I think you could get a license for a handgun over here. This is going back about... 20 ooh, years. 20, 25 years. Hasn't been shooting since. And yeah, they banned all handguns. Yeah. You can still go hunting if you want with a, like, shotguns and stuff. That's still legal, but you have to have a license for it. And there's a, Yeah, we're far away from But yeah, it's, um, it's horrible. But yeah, for anyone who hasn't um, been keeping up with the news, 17 were killed at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School. Um, that was students and teachers. And it's... Quite, we're into the double digits of school shootings alone this year, but it's something like thirty-eight or forty mass shootings just in general. Yeah, we've in two thousand and eighteen. That's oh, that's horrific. Yeah, you read me the statistics, and yeah, and I yeah, I'm, I'm kind of it's absolutely devastating. And until now, until today, actually, I've obviously been aware that this thing had happened because it had been all over the news, but I'd only experienced it as a generality yeah. because it is too much. Like, there is too much negative traumatic everything going on at the moment and not just in terms of shootings but just you know shit yeah. that you get when you look at twitter all the time or just coming up in the news the 24-hour news cycle and this so this one i hadn't had any specifics hadn't had a really emotional effect on me at all at any stage apart from anger just being like i can't believe this has happened again this is too much it's too often it's just it needs to stop and then i started reading an article that was giving a profile of all of the people who died and it was just devastating. And I don't know if you're aware of um, Aaron Feist, I think is how you pronounce his name. He's the assistant um, football coach who threw himself in front of the gunman. Oh, my like, God. Like, oh, oh, God, it breaks my heart. Like, God, he threw himself. Yeah. Know. And another teacher died because he was herding kids into the room. You're like, this is too much. Oh. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's becoming a bad joke. Oh, another, shoot, another mass shooting. Oh, Americans. And it's that sort of thing because it's so foolish it's like it's sad that we've got to that stage yeah and we're 20 years from Columbine now this year crikey yeah and kids are I think it's April the 20th will be the 20th 20 year anniversary of Columbine and there's a move to for kids to walk out from schools oh and boycott until until the rules are changed and more power to them totally behind that Obama's broken my heart this week as well as uh he's it's his biggest regret not being able to um, put an end to just guns. He tried, and he really tried. Yeah. 
Um, the NRA are way too powerful. Yeah, they're frightening. Absolutely frightening. Um, Brad, is what can you cannot? Well, after we're having the same one, my second one, not, not a light one either, is wealth inequality. Um, there was... Uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago there was a statistic or a quote going around from Bernie Sanders who said that the top one percent no top one tenth of the one percent mm-hmm. owns mm-hmm. nearly as much wealth as the bottom 90 percent a nation will not survive morally or economically when so few have so much while so many have so little and yeah couldn't be more true just yeah. over because of Trump's tax cuts to the super rich mm-hmm. they are just the billionaire class are continuing to get richer and richer. I think last year they earned like an extra trillion. <laughs> That's just I can't even comprehend those numbers. Trillion. Fucking hell. But yeah, the the kind of that people are even on our level, like we're sort of as as we kind of highlight, just to give listeners a picture of where we stand in terms of like our intersection of privilege. Like we're white, middle class, straight, cisgendered, essentially able bodied. You obviously only have one working eye but mm. yeah we're kind of I'm all right yeah we're doing, doing okay but people in our bracket are struggling so let could you imagine like how like how poverty yeah. is affecting people who don't have all of the benefits and privileges that we have and it's just it's mind-boggling to think that wealth inequality could be solved so easily yeah so easy with a few changes to the tax system um you mentioned the yeah, trump's uh where about in the american system we ain't much better no. over here we're not and we're we are in sort of dire need of an intervention because this is this is kind of capitalism going well i mean capitalism's problematic anyway but it's just mm. gone to an extreme because it's completely unchecked and society cannot continue like this because there will be some sort of riot or revolution because people can't deal with how unfair it is and if you yeah the people who are super rich could give away virtually all of their money and still be super rich and it would solve and you just say i know that's not how the world works i'm not naive enough to expect everyone to just give away all their money but the fact that that exists and nothing is being done is i cannot yeah and karma's a bitch man (laughs) um just to, yeah, line aside, I cannot. Valentine's Day! Oh, Yay. yeah. Somebody's got to play the role of bitter, single, 31 in two weeks year old, <clears throat> and I'm fine. Um, I, even if I was with somebody, <laughs> I was happy and not crippled with loneliness, I still think it's bullshit. It's just clever advertising, and if I saw another Facebook status, Instagram picture of a couple happy, I was going to vomit and then swallow it back in my mouth. Oh, lovely. As a punishment. <laughs> As a punishment to yourself. Yes. It's like, I'm owning my bitterness. Yeah. Tasted it and swallowed it back. What? Um, and it's, yeah, it's just, people get ripped off, it's just bullshit. And I just think... And everywhere, like, jacks up prices for things. To be fair, yeah. I, it's just because I'm, I'm lonely and single. If anyone's listening, uh... <laughs> um, uh, on Twitter, Georgie can be found at. What I did like actually is um, <laughs> moving on. Um, a mutual friend of ours, um, the brilliant Katie Brennan, she does a blog. She wrote a piece. Um, oh, I, can't, I think it's about I something eye paper. Mm. Anyway, it's all to do with she did. Um, uh, she went to a mate. She just had disastrous Tinder day after Tinder day. All of that, totally, you know, emotionally shut off guys and really having some bad luck. And she turned to her mate and was going on about it. And her mate said, look, why don't we put a Facebook status up? And it was uh, about that you're looking to meet somebody. And your mates sort of help hook you up. And um, she's now engaged to a lovely young man. And uh, where are we? I, I thought true. about doing it. But no mind, like it will backfire. 
I wondered what that was. I was seeing yeah. her sort of being like, this is my mate. If you're interested, like, she's really lovely. I can vouch for her kind of thing. Yeah, she reshared the status as a memory. And uh, I remember seeing it and thinking, that is actually brave. Yeah, that is really brave. But I just thought it would backfire and I'd get set up with, like, you or something. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> Could do a lot worse, George. Yeah, damn right. That's six degrees. Um, <laughs> uh, so that's, that's me. Okay, my final I cannot... Another serious one, because clearly I'm in that kind of mood, <laughs> is the stigmatisation of mental health issues, which actually is returning back to the whole thing about the shooting in Florida and how Trump decided to talk about how the young man was very mentally disturbed. If only people had noticed the warning signs before and said something, then this could have been prevented. Mm. And you just go, hang on, you were the one who relaxed gun control laws yeah. so that people with mental illnesses could therefore buy weapons. Mm. I just say like, you're you're throwing a community under the bus. Yeah. And actually people with mental illnesses are far less likely mm. to commit violent crimes. They're far more likely to be the victim of violent crimes. Mm. And there's a, it's just a huge kind of ridiculous trope that people with schizophrenia and bipolar and any number of disorders are yeah. referred to as you know these violent criminals like actually, yeah no. they're all gonna go shoot up a school yeah um he was incredibly disabled he is one individual yeah, yeah and, you sh- and the community they're already struggling exactly and mental, the help they need. mental illness covers so many different conditions mm. that it's so harmful to be using this kind of rhetoric so I cannot and fuck you, Trump. Um, <laughs> fuck you, Trump. Fuck you. Uh, final I cannot from me is uh, the Red Sparrow trailer. <laughs> oh, oh, God, continuing our attack on yeah. Jennifer Lawrence. Sorry, Jennifer, but Mother was terrible yeah. and I wouldn't sit through Passengers and now Red Sparrow. Again, well, we'll talk about trailers again later, but you can't just do a trailer, but fuck me. The accent's so bad. Apparently it's got a lot of set, gratuitous sex in it, which is fine. It's my favourite kind of sex. Uh, a lot of, it just looks terrible. And I've suggested with our flatmate, my brother's flatmate, that we get really fucking drunk and go and see it. But I know I'll just sit there and just impersonate a very poor Russian accent for my own amusement. Great, isn't it? Yeah, the KGB. <laughs> Russian spy. <laughs> I mean, again and again, I find myself wondering why you weren't approached for this role. But... <laughs> yeah, let J-Law have it. She's, she needs it. She clearly Her does. Her career's really suffering. She's a bit desperate. Yeah, <laughs> know what I mean? And the rest Struggling. of the cast are amazing. You're like Jeremy Irons, Joel Egerton, who I so would, as quickly as you can throw me on him. But yeah, it looks um, so bad. I know. I first saw the trailer um, on Instagram. So obviously on Instagram, unless you tap it, you don't get the sound. So I was Mm. watching it as a visual thing. I was like, oh, this looks interesting. Watched it, thought nothing of it. And then it came up again, (laughs) tapped it for sound. was like, oh. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's ruined it for me. Yeah. You kill my mother. Now I'm spy. (laughs) And it's... um... And they train. I might read the book. Apparently, it's a bestseller. So they've obviously fucked it. And um, you're trained to be to use like seduction to get things out of the enemy. So you're basically a honey trap. I mean, you you don't need that training. Nah, man. You're ready. Oh I, yeah, I was born ready, motherfucker. Do you know what? I think actually, what we should do is go and see the film, and then we can do our own parody version, Definitely. and you <laughs> with you in the role. <laughs> we'll we'll do that for you, listeners. You're welcome. Yeah, a treat coming for you. Yeah. All right, let's get into the main thrust of this week's episode. Um, this week, we are talking mainly about body image, and that 
covers a whole multitude of things. Um, mm. It's sort of, we've been wanting to talk about it for a little while, actually. Mm. Mainly for my kind of thing, like, I want to talk about it. But... <laughs> Sorry, if you heard that, the chair just moved slightly where I've got my feet on it, and it, and it startled me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. She's easily startled as morale. That's the third day. I dropped a pie, and then I kicked the hoover... And now that happened. <laughs> You've also destroyed part of our flooring. Oh, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. It was shit to begin with. It caught on my slipper and it went ping. I was like, oh, bollocks. <laughs> it's all going wrong. Georgie just needs to go to bed. I just need to go to bed, yeah. <laughs> I can't, yeah. I hurt anyone. Anyway, back to the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Trying to steer us back on course. Um... Yeah, essentially, there's... I, it's, I don't even know how to begin with it, but I suppose, okay, for the sake of transparency and ease, I will talk about my own experience with it because that's part of the reason that I wanted to do this episode. Not because in any way I'm going to find this particularly easy or pleasant, mm. but it's because it's something I've been dealing with for a very long time and I kind of I don't talk about it very mm. much, so I think it's important to do it. <clears throat> but essentially if i don't if i'm not clinically if i don't clinically have this then i'm on the fucking borderline mm. but no i mean self-diagnosed essentially that i have body dysmorphia mm-hmm. which i kind of came to through in my teenage years i was finding that i couldn't trust mirrors and i'd be obsessed with looking at my own reflection but i couldn't trust what i was looking at I just didn't believe it. Um, I never believed what people told me when they told me how they thought I looked, and I still don't. And you'd think kind of like, I'm in my 30s now, and you'd hope that this kind of thing levels off. Um, But essentially, the way I experience how I look um, is incredibly negative. And it's sort of, in all honesty, it literally does not matter what I look like objectively. Like, if you know what I look like, great. If you don't, that totally doesn't matter. But I have a terrible relationship with what I perceive myself to look like. So I am constantly checking, um, like, compulsively, like, how my body is and Mm -hmm. how I'm sitting. I'm, like, pulling at bits of my flesh and bits of fat around my waist, particularly around my thighs. And I'm so aware of, like, how every garment feels and any change. Like, oh, my God, I've put on weight. Oh, my God, I've changed this. Because my dysmorphia... Um, is very much around my weight and yeah any fat and things like that whereas I know a lot of people experience it in terms of like there's a thing they see a thing on their on their face or it's their hair or it's their nose Mm. and they just can't they can't deal with it like there's there's this amazing story of this woman who she sees half of her face as like a cancerous um, lump even though it's not there and that's the thing with body dysmorphia it's this feeling of kind of comes almost from perfectionism but it's like it's believing that you are wrong there's something wrong about you and that if you only change this one thing if this thing went away then you would be happy and Mm. you'd be fine and my kind of thing with it is I like just I'm going about my day and I'm very like the idea of having surgery of having liposuction on my legs and my hips and things like that idea just comes in and it becomes this repetitive thought that I can't get rid of Mm. and if I'm if I'm lucky it stays there but if I'm not the idea of like genuinely the idea of slicing into my own skin becomes incredibly appealing Mm. like I'm there with thoughts of taking a knife to my legs and that's been something that I've had for years Mm. I'm lucky enough to know that none of this is reasonable like this is a thing that I have and 
that my obsession over certain parts of my body and how I look and the fact that I'm never satisfied ever like I think I think I look 10 sizes bigger than I am mm. I look at myself in a mirror and I see a different version of what I, I believe other people see but I can't see it and it's this yeah a kind of repetitive cycle and you manage to be managed to sort of talk yourself round back round yeah sort of are able to come full circle as much as I can yeah I'll admit I never really knew what body dysmorphia was mm. Um, and I never really thought I knew anyone who had it. Um, uh, I didn't know what it was. How would I know? Mm. But it was, as far as I knew, it was like the extreme version. So uh, I think recently there was a uh, young lady who had had so much plastic surgery to like Angelina Jolie. And I'm sorry to say the results are probably not what she wanted, nor did she like Angelina Jolie. And she has messed up her body beyond belief. It's incredibly common for people who have body dysmorphia to have repetitive surgeries. Yeah. That was the sort of version I knew of it. I was like, well, I definitely don't know anyone like that and sort of carried on. And I'll admit, over the years, when I've met women, uh, f- uh, some of my friends, who have had body image issues, I've been very, very dismissive. I'm not proud of that at all. That has changed because I'm always down the route of... I was on a panel the other week for body image and how women are represented in the media at the University College London uh, gender and Feminism Society, we'll give them a shout out. Yeah, it was really interesting. There's five of us on there, and the angle I always come at it at is obviously having a disability and having your physical body affected or enabled in some way, you develop a different relationship with yours. So I couldn't see for a good part of a year, um, and without my various aids, I don't see very well at all. So I, my relationship with my body changed when I got my sight back because I was just glad to see it. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. And I developed a far more healthy relationship with my body. However, I don't want people to go through that to develop, um, uh, to get over certain issues. However, in meeting you is what changed my attitude. Oh, really? Because uh, I've known Sarah years. We know each, uh, each other through my ex. And I just thought you were this absolute knockout bombshell. So confident, <laughs> so clever. I was incredibly intimidated by you, and I'm not really intimidated by anything. I've obviously got to know you, and you're fine. Yeah, and, uh, Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so you're absolute goddess. And I remember when we did one of our first Hungles, we filmed it. And if you go to our Twitter, I yeah. think it's pinned. And I turned to you and say, your body's ridiculous. And I had no idea that you had body image issues. Mm. Uh, I was just throwing it out there. And then when we've spoken about it more, and now that we live together, it's a type of hell that I just can't imagine mm. it sounds horrendous yeah um so i've developed a new sympathy for it what do you think are the ways that we can i mean i say i have a f- i definitely have a few hang-ups i think most mm-hmm. men when i feel a bit thing then i sort of hate my body but i think that's pretty common it's yeah. like i've eaten shit for a day or i'm hungover or my arthritis is playing up yeah i'm yeah. gonna hate my body on those days but that's because it's letting me down or i've um damaged it <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah what do you think are the ways that it can be improved because obviously it's a problem. I was sat on that panel and these are oh, these beautiful young things. They're all about 19 and they're lovely, but they've got so many issues for so, so young. And my advice to them was to appreciate your bodies and what they can do, yeah. uh, especially if you are able-bodied because um, it can change like that. That was mm. me clicking my fingers. I can't click my fingers properly. Um, and also we need to, I think, bring particularly young women up, but lads as well, 
to be able to see through the bullshit, the advertising bullshit, the Instagram bullshit. Yeah, well, I mean, I think you've mentioned like quite like that was bang on for a lot of it because. So my understanding is that dysmorphia um, affects equally men and women. There's no yeah, yeah it's yeah. one of those things like it's not a one or the other. Uh, it's about two percent of the population. So mm-hmm. chances are you probably anyone out there probably you do know someone who's affected by it to a greater or lesser extent. Obviously, the on the extreme are the people who have the surgeries. Um, Michael Jackson is believed to be someone who suffered from dysmorphia. I that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. I'd say he's the he was the poster boy of it. Yeah, and um, there was I oh god I was doing some research on it, and it, it's one of those things like I the, when you ask what can be done to help, cognitive behavioural therapy has been shown to be incredibly helpful, mm-hmm. um, because it's in it's in a camp with OCD. Mm-hmm. In terms of like, you do have yeah, yeah. these repetitive, um, obsessive thoughts, and you compulsively have behaviours. So some people with um, body dysmorphia will avoid mirrors, avoid social situations, avoid anything that reminds them of the perceived flaw. Whereas other people, and I fall more into that camp, will be like of checking all the time, like mm-hmm. making like how, what do I look like? What do I look like? Do I look, do I think I look pretty? And it's this this obsession of like this thing that I hate about myself because I don't believe it's an important thing at all. I don't believe appearance should be important and that's something I've yeah. completely internalised from years of media like whacking me in the face and even Barbies when I was little just being like, what yeah. do you look like this? Mm-hmm. And then growing up having people commenting on how I looked, mm-hmm. just like little comments. You know when you... Do you know when you say something to someone or you throw away a comment about someone you see, you never know how much that's going to affect that person? Yeah. Ever. And little things like I was at dance school and I remember this little girl she's maybe like eight years old and I would have been maybe 12 no she'd been younger four mm. and I was trying she's like came up to me and asked me my wife why my thighs were so big little fucking shit <laughs> <laughs> that little one because <laughs> I I hit puberty early like oh. I started bleeding when I was about 10 I was I'd start to get curvy from when I was about eight so I went from like waif like little thing mm. and then it fell overnight I doubled in weight yeah, like I, oh, that's tough. Yeah, like and spotty to boot, and just oh, like no. everything. And I think a lot of my how I experience life now is because of that. And you know, obviously, you grow up and your body changes, and things even out, and you start. Like, yeah, you convince yourself. Yeah. But I like I still feel like I did when I had all that poppy fat and the mm. spot. Like I didn't, my skin didn't clear up until I was twenty six. Mm. So you know, <laughs> things take time, but. There's one thing that I'm, I'm going to talk about and I hadn't realised how much of an impact this has had on me until I started thinking about it because I've written a piece about body dysmorphia that's probably going to be coming out soon. But how much of an impact my ex-boyfriend had on me? Yeah, man. And um, I was with him from when I was 18 until 25. Mm. And there are many reasons why um, that relationship should not have lasted as long as it did or why that relationship was unhealthy but one of them definitely was how he made me feel physically about myself and one of the things he used to do was like pay very close attention to how my weight was fluctuating and if he saw that I'd put on any weight he would like we'd be lying in bed together and he would just like start grabbing at my hips my love handles and my waist and kind of just going squitch 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 like outlet saying that get off he would also do that in public oh fuck's sake um another thing he did was like we'd be in a restaurant or something and he'd notice that i had a spot on my face mm. 
in give a shit, right? Yes. You've got... <laughs> but he would, like, in public and out loud, like, point at it and go, zit, and, like, just, like, zit at me. I'm like, are you four? Yeah, what the fuck, man? <laughs> but knowing that th- this was a guy who was 10 years older than me and the impact that someone doing that to you repeatedly yeah. in public from mm. when you're around, like, 18, 19, 20, really, really impressionable age. And I went fucking mad at him this one time after enduring it for the longest time and he was apoplectic with rage that I'd called him on it just being like but I have to tell you the truth like it's the truth if you've got a spot like I'm gonna tell you you've got it I'm like that's fucking insane tell me I know it's there it's, I, I don't like, yeah he knows he was in the wrong with pretty why he lost his shit yeah. firstly he's a horrible little cunt mm. and yeah I've definitely experienced that from ex boys and things and it does give you a hang up like undermining you undermining you so you'll stay it's, I mean you those things is isolated incidences fine you sort of but yeah constantly it grinds you down mm. it really does I mean, I'm so glad for my arrogance and ego for that those guys have not done too much damage. Mm. However, not every other woman is like me and that you can just brush it off. Yeah. And that I have developed, you know, this ironclad ego. To and I think detriment. it is something that you develop as well. I think it is a learned yeah. skill being able yeah. to do that. So, and that, I'm guessing a lot of that comes from your experience. Yeah, it's yeah, purely from my experience as a child of, yeah, how my body might have bowed. And I just had to get tough quick. Yeah. Uh, my brother's made me quite tough as well. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, love you, boys. Um, I was the opposite of beauty. I didn't have my period till I was 16. And I didn't grow anything resembling a breast until 17. And then all of a sudden... A breast? A breast, yeah, just one. The other popped up at layer. Yeah, all of a sudden I just went... Vroom, vroom, and I grew my hair long. And I remember one of the lads saying to me at six for me, he's like, George, you've been taking steroids or something, mate. And I was like, it's just happened a bit later, pal. It just happened overnight. Um, but I felt, um, although most of my teens, I was very unfortunate in that I had buck teeth, I had thick glasses. I didn't help myself by cutting all my hair off. I was a right little goblin. But um, I never saw myself that way. I always mm. thought that I was the supermodels on the telly. I was, I'm such a wanker. And I've actually only, in, now that I'm 30 and grown up and um, accepted uh, and like a lot of what I look like, I always felt like I was in the right body. Um, yeah. I was in the, I always saw myself that way. It's what's made me an arrogant little shy. When I do see footage of myself in photos, I get a bit of a surprise sometimes. Um, because I don't quite like the goddess that I see myself all the time. And also I get a bit of surprise of how off my eyes can look. Mm. And I try and disguise that as much as I can because I just want to be able to put a mask on a lot of the time. Mm. But that's how I operate. I'll put yeah. on a mask, I'll put on my armour. Yeah. Um, yeah, things that we've had said us at Stewart's. I had, um, uh, after I was sight back, I was on a diuretic to bring down the pressure in my eye before I could have some more surgeries. A side effect of it was loss of appetite. And I went, I now weigh between seven and a half and seven and three quarter stones, depending on the week. And I went down to six and a quarter. I didn't realise how skinny I was. I was living like, I was so depressed anyway with uh, with the situation. And I was one down the road with our mutual friend, Nat. Hi, Nat. And two guys stopped, pointed at me and said, oh, you're a skinny old thing. And Nat didn't hear, thank God, because she would have murdered them. And it's like, right, you can't win, can you? <laughs> too fat, too thin, you know, and all of that. I'm like, just going to comment on what you look like regardless. I didn't ask for your opinion. No. And certainly not of two fucking morons, one down the street. Who are you to question my body and what it looks like? And I thought, if you know what I've been through in the last year, 
you'd shut up. And I, I wish I'd turned around and said that to them. Um, they were gone before I could. It's part of the thing in general, isn't it, about people just... They, they either want to make themselves feel superior or they want to make someone laugh and they don't take into account. Like, we don't we don't think about each other, strangers, walking down the street as real human beings, I don't think. No. I think we sort of just like, oh, they're other, they're someone else. Yeah. They're doing... You don't attribute an internal life mm. fully to someone else. Of course, you know, like, realistically, yeah. they are, but you don't care about it. And that's what leads people to being really cruel and unkind or just thoughtless, like bad behaviour on public transport and stuff. Yeah. yeah, all that bullshit. But, yeah, my my whole experience with my body is the complete opposite in terms of I've always been acutely aware that I do not look like mm. the people who I think I should look like and I always feel like I've done something wrong mm. to deserve it or that I am wrong in some way. But, if, but I could always get it right. Like, I, I obsessively, and I, I'm not as bad at it now, but, like, seeing someone who I think is attractive and I just can't stop looking at them at how like there's this gap between their thighs or their arms that are really slender or they've got these small shoulders or just long legs anything legs are my problem real obsession and I can't I'm just like but if I just did that surely there must be a way that I can achieve that like I've genuinely considered having the surgery that makes your legs longer oh, like no. and it takes you out for like half a year like, I couldn't Jeez. do it there's no way but that's where my mind goes a bit and but I I am as I said lucky that I know that it's uh, it's in my head. Yeah, you're, you're highly intelligent and sensible enough to be able to work that out mm. and process it, which is great. But it doesn't um, mean it doesn't hurt. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't mean Still it's stings. not exhausting. I remember you commented on my legs before. Mm. I, th- I think I said, I wish uh, I liked a bit of you, and you were like, I wish I had your legs. And I was like, God, uh, I was quite taken aback by it. And I mentioned it to my dad. I was like, Sarah said I had nice legs the other day. And he said, well, yeah, you wore splints for half your childhood for your arthritis, and no wonder they look good. And it's like, God, yeah, of course. And I forget. That I went, yeah, I just wear splints to keep, because uh, arthritis can um, uh, make your legs go crooked, and your knees yeah. turn in and all of that. And, yeah, just keep my legs straight. I think it's the least I deserve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need a treat yeah. after all that. Some decent pins. I the, the other thing that I struggle with slightly is I'm so annoyed at myself for being this shallow. Yeah, that's it. You're going to beat yourself up for it and for it. And yeah, yeah and it's just a spiral. And it's, um, that's, it's so unfair. Like genuinely, there was a point just after Christmas where I was like, I think I need therapy. Mm. Like, I think I need to go and see someone about this because... Yeah, I mean, any healthcare professional who's listening to this is like, she's, she's diagnosed herself, that's not great. But I'm like, look, I, I studied psychology at degree level and master's level, and I know like, how the DSM works, and I know like, you've got to exhibit a certain number of symptoms for a certain amount of time. And I'm like, yeah, no, I hit every single one on this. I, and it's really unlikely you'd get a false positive with this kind of thing. I'm just like, I know it's the severity to which like how much it um is distressing mm. is the problem and there are times when I'm like I'm okay mm. and I can go through my day and I'm just like actually no I think I'm like I'm pretty pretty confident in how I look and feel right now and I'm fine but the times when I'm not I just it stops me from living any kind of valuable life because that's all I'm thinking about and I hate that so much I'm gonna throw this at you what about if there are, and I know for a fact that there are, women who look at you and think, God, I wish I looked like her. Hmm. What does that make you think and feel? It's one of those things where I can, I can hear that and on one level I'll register it and just be like, that's, that's nice, that's, I'm mm. flattered by that, but it doesn't sink in mm. as being anything real because I can't believe that anyone would want to look how I look. 
because I'm really good at making it looking confident and you know kind of like I can even show off and wear a bikini or whatever but I don't I hate doing it I feel yeah, really un, unstable doing it so I find it hard to believe is the answer to that yeah and my I saying uh, I, th- I think it's what we should be bringing young women up with is yeah to teach them to see through the bullshit mm. I think that's one reason why I'm the way I am is my mum's pr- was always good at that yeah uh, she's very much ah no it's makeup that's done that well is that and it's this sort of thing and also it's that attitude of we need to stop treating conventional good looks as an achievement yeah. worship you know worshiping supermodels um comes to my head Gigi Hadid 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 Gigi Hadid Hadid and her sister Bella um they're, they're unbelievably famous now just for being conventionally pretty it's not an accomplishment it's good genetics and they can walk up and down a catwalk and that's it and it won't last looks fade and I don't see that these two of them have anything else going on. Maybe they'll prove me wrong. And, you know, it turns out they, I don't know, they'll do something. I don't think they will. <laughs> I, one's definitely probably going to marry that One Direction guy. Um, so bring young girls up that, that it should be something, yeah. And I remember a friend of mine saying that about Cheryl, because I can't stand Cheryl Cole. She really winds me up because um, she's a racist and we all forgot that. Yeah. And uh, someone said, oh, but she's so pretty. I, like that's something that, that really matters. That's got nothing to do with it, and that doesn't negate her racism, her lack of talent, and but we forgive people who are good looking. That's it. We'll forgive her because she's pretty. Society is Fuck built off. to be kinder yeah. to people who are good looking because we do see it as an achievement. You're completely right. I think it's bullshit. I think it, it does. It happens for men as well. It's way more prevalent for women because yeah. for women you are going to be judged firstly on your looks and yeah. then for bit, you know being able to procreate. Literally, that's kind of it. I know that obviously there are people who are way more woke than this and are like, obviously I appreciate you for who you are and your intellect and your humour and your kindness. But unfortunately, just in the wider world and especially if we're in the entertainment industry, mm, um, yeah. the first thing is what you look like. Mm. And unless you're kind of like quirky looking, mm. quite often it's like, but you have to be beautiful to be allowed on TV, on stage, on film, whatever. And... Instagram culture only goes to show that we are completely obsessed with how people look. Fuck yeah, the Instagram social media bullshit. People have got to learn to see through that. Um, and people have got to stop putting these pictures up there. Because the people who are doing it are doing it for themselves. Yeah. It's reassure themselves. I Kim do Kardashian's it. doing it at the moment with her 24-inch waist that she's managed to sculpt. It looks fucking unhealthy, mate. She's not supposed to have a 24-inch waist. And I know she's done it with that, I don't know, it's like a corset. Yeah, waist trainers thing um does know. not sound healthy do like we yeah. feel fucking revolutions to stop us wearing corsets and you're about wearing them i mean the effect that's going to have on your organs and do you know what i like my organs working yeah organs are fun bloody idiots but, um yeah it's all of this is like i want to undermine all of that so much i want I want everyone to be valued for who they are not what they look like yeah regardless of gender identity or anything like that mm. But I, I know that that's going to take a lot of unpicking because races is tied into that as well because certain yeah. races are, you know, like just the, the, the kind of white supremacist society we live in values whiteness yeah. and values European features as being conventionally attractive and therefore people who are non-white get unfairly like bullied and people who are non-white actually get are more likely to have dysmorphia um, to a certain extent because there are people who use race as a way to call someone ugly yeah 
Um, and you're like, this is horrendous. And as well with going down the disability route, as I always do, mm-hmm. um, disability and being attractive, those can't go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, disability is seen as something ugly. Yeah. And, and definitely not sexy. You can't... Words out of my mouth can't possibly have sex appeal and be disabled. Trust me, I'm changing that. <laughs> if I do anything with this life, is that those two go hand in fucking hand if you want them to. But yeah, I mean, I uh, walked on stage the other week for a gig before I opened my mouth, got two wolf whistles. Brilliant. Thanks, lads. Which is like, on the one hand, you're going like, there's like a yay, but also no. That's yeah, not why I'm really here. Conflicting. It was conflicting. Uh, it was a bad week for the me too campaign as well mm. and so i was just like oh you come on read the climate maybe yeah. now isn't the time not the right time i mean for that. obviously i fucked them both you know yeah you get a compliment that's what i'm gonna do yeah way to georgie's heart <laughs> that is how it works that's what if people give you a cat call like on the street like mm. that's you know the next step is yeah consensual sex obviously absolutely <laughs> the way I've reacted to any messages I've been sent on social media regarding what I look like is I'm afraid you will go into a set and I will humiliate you so yeah fair play sorry um, yeah, sorry, sorry guys. but you know you put yourself out there that's what's going to happen well I mean again speaking of sex sex pill and all that jazz sexy 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 I feel we need to well I mean this could go in two directions does this go towards the wine bank or does this go towards this week for Melania oh (laughs) Melania update because you know a woman who is valued pretty much only for what she looks like yeah Christ um she Melania yeah we will be reporting on Melania every now and again what's Melania been doing um, Melania is not well. I don't think she's ever been very happy no. since Trump became president. No, um, or ever. Melania does not plan to accompany her husband when he visits the victims of the mass shooting in Florida. Melania has not been doing a lot with Trump these days since it. Uh, the rumors. I'm doing that in bunny ears, by the way. That he fucked a porn star and then um, told her to be quiet and paid her off. Melania is. They've not been seen together. And I mean, good. Yeah, I fair fucking play to her. She slays me. <laughs> so well done, Melania, and we'll keep you updated. I just love her. I just think she's terrific. If you do absolutely nothing, you're first lady. <laughs> and she does fuck all. Not a thing. The only things that she's done so well, she well, she did that speech during the campaign. That was Hilarious. my favourite thing. She did, which is it's like a sort of tradition. The first ladies have a load of kids to the garden at the West, and they do like oh, in the rose garden. They pick some veg and shit, and she didn't take her sunglasses off the whole time. <laughs> of course, she bloody didn't. Of course, she didn't. And I think that's all she's done. Oh, she decorated the White House for Christmas. Oh, it was that, terrifying. Yeah, literally fucking Narnia. Yeah, it looked like, Winter yeah, Queen. Some weird exhibition. It was very, very odd. It was um, great. Other than that, she. Oh, and then she wore. Um, she's been to a couple of the floods when they when it was really bad, but she didn't wear wellies. She wore like the most amazing stilettos I've ever seen. Of course. <laughs> why? Why would you do anything and that is you know humble? Or... I mean, my favorite people are people who don't apologize. <laughs> Never apologise unless you really, really have to. Unless you know you're in the wrong. And technically she hasn't done anything wrong, has she? Yeah, she's just living her... I'm not going to say her best life, because I don't think by anyone's standards no, this, this is her is best life. Expected. But, you know. Oh, yeah, Georgie and I nearly fell out over Melania this week. I'm a little bit hurt. Sarah sent me a funny um, picture of Melania with a funny caption. So that's nice. And uh, she didn't look very happy in the picture of Melania. Obviously, she's not happy in any of them. I said, oh, why can't she come live with us? She'd be so much happier. And Sarah said, no. 
that it wasn't practical. And I said, I promise I'll look after her and feed her. And they're like, no, it's not fair. And um, I lost my temper and called Brad as selfish. Yeah. Just always thinking of yourself, aren't you, mate? I, I'm kind of thinking about what I need or what Melania needs. I, I am rarely thinking about what Melania needs. <laughs> I, my opinion is she can take care of herself. If you uh, do follow us on Twitter and uh, Facebook, um, what would Melania do? Is um, what I'm applying for when I'm faced with a difficult problem. Uh, it's true. Follow us at Hunger Queens mm. and you will see. I mean, it's mainly at the moment Georgie just talking about Melania <laughs> on our social media. Um, and normally my answer is what Melania do is probably get a blow dry. She gets cracking blow dry. She, yeah, that's true. Or um, I reckon that she's probably having loads of affairs with like the Secret Service guys. Mm. I hope she is. Oh, imagine imagine more. her memoir in 20 years' what time. What she could tell us. What she could tell us. She must... Oh, God knows what he's made her sign, though, to keep her... Well, to be fair, she can say I'm sell the book, do you know what I mean? I feel like you could ghostwrite <laughs> her memoir. Just do it now. Do a speculative Melania memoir. It's going to happen. Or that could be your next show. And I genuinely just do a whole show as Melania. Because I was like, if she was to leave him or divorce him, he wouldn't. He wouldn't give her a penny. And it's like, ah, but she has his son, so you get a certain amount of money when you've got a kid Mm. and you're raising for him. And I thought all that through. Isn't that strange? Yeah, but not surprising. No, not really. Not in any way surprising. Energy I could really be applying to other things, but never mind. Oh man, I realised that we never sort of kind of we went on to Melania without in any way wrapping up our thoughts on oh, the yeah, image and stuff because it's kind of like it is quite a serious she's a and dark topic. Example of body image. Well, yeah, the mean, amount of surgery she's had as well. Whatever, I mean, she's had some incredibly effective surgery as well. Obviously, it is a little bit tight, and when she's smart, you can sort of tell it's all a bit pulled. But um, it's pretty good. But I imagine she was always beautiful yeah what pictures I've seen of when she was young she was always a, um, a cracker and you always do wonder what people would look like had they not yeah. done that yeah. and I, I honestly I don't know for me personally if I ever have surgery or not I don't mm. I just don't know. I, I, it, and it's what I was saying about struggling with like, but I really don't think I should be caring about this. But my God, I care so much about it, and yeah. I'm trying to undo that. Mm. And definitely, um, a lot of stuff that I've got from feminism and feminist literature has been incredibly helpful because it is, you know, espousing the whole thing of like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like your worth is not tied up in how you look, but undoing that when you've had 32 years of conditioning, yeah. or even like less than that, and you're you're aware of it, but it's still it's so hard to undo. And I've even wrote pieces myself that would be like, we should love ourselves and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, no, I can fucking write it. But yeah. do I believe it? No. Like, it's so, mm. it's so, and I realise, like, the work is mine to do. But I'm hoping that talking about it is maybe helpful to some of the other 2% who experience this and maybe don't know that's what it is. I think if we were to put into a few points, the first thing would be is talk about it to somebody. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you've spoken to me about it, mm. um, whether I'm any help or not, fuck knows, but um, talk to your friends about it. Um, and if therapy is uh, something you think would be, you can't just talk to your friends' therapy, please mm. go and do it. Seek CBT, it has been shown to be incredibly effective because it helps you deal with the, the repetitive and negative thoughts, um, which are often automatic and you can't control. Get off social media if you can't handle what people are putting out there. Because unfortunately, they ain't going to stop. Yeah. My God, I'm so glad we grew up before Instagram yeah, was a thing. Man, thank God. Now I just look at it and I just think, oh, God. A mate I was going on about her bikini body post-pregnancy on Instagram. And all I could think was, I look at Instagram and I'm taking a shit, mate. That's how much 
your pictures mean to me. Yeah, I, so. I love it for the cartoons. There's a lot of ca- amazing it's cartoonists I follow. There. There's some really cool stuff. I love some really cool fun accounts, but um, yeah, I follow these stuff. people as well. I started following Victoria Beckham for a laugh. Really funny. But, um, you know, that is a really good shout, actually. Like, kind of try and unhook yourself from that because that does not help. And yeah. You've got to understand that the images that people put out there, they've probably taken 50. Yeah. different shots trying to get the most perfect one they've got the lighting right they've if they are people who are instagram famous mm. if they're like you know like the kardashians that's their job yeah. they get paid for this they are marketing other products while they're mm. doing it. it might just look like a photo but there'll be some product in the background that's actually being paid yeah. to put in there so just if you can get off it um go and talk to anybody you know or people you don't know um who have a disability and ask about their relationship with their bodies Mm. it will give you another a whole other way of looking at it yeah and that can be very beneficial don't however then go down a, a shame spiral and feel bad because yeah. that's not going to help anyone and trust me any anyone with a disability myself included we do not want to make people feel bad and and you are like it's not nice but you you are allowed to feel shit about yourself yeah, sometimes you okay. are like it's it's not nice but at mm. the same time there's nothing to say that just because other people would, might say you're conventionally attractive or you've got mm. all working limbs or you've got the, like regardless of who you are you are entitled to feel bad about yourself sometimes mm. it's like we don't always have to feel brilliant all the time and it's kind of mm. impossible too but there is a difference between like having a shit day yeah. and having a potentially like a, a disorder or an, even an eating disorder like that's a uh, really kind of you know that's another variant it's a serious manifestation of a uh, mental health problem that like I I was a restrictive eater for years and mm. I've also I, I tried to be bulimic but I couldn't do it mm. like I would have been bulimic if I could make myself throw up and I just couldn't do it mm. and like I am ashamed to say that even within the last few years I've tried like I've been so ashamed of what I've eaten that I've tried to make myself sick but I can't <laughs> <laughs> which is all like I've tried you know sticking to it <laughs> just can't make myself vomit and but it's like I have a fear of like being sick is just horrendous anyway but yeah. like yeah no it's honestly like Georgie just now mentioned having to take this medication for her eye that's a diuretic and it suppressed appetite yeah. and what the fucking disgusting thing is about that is my first thought was oh my god I wonder if that would help me lose it like literally that's okay, yeah. that's the kind of thought process I have and that I have to fight all the time and I see myself doing it and the, uh, anything that's to do with your body and your relationship with it like people don't take it very seriously and I think you just need to acknowledge that like no this is a thing Mm. and yeah talk to someone about it if you can two more final things I'll say on it get rid of the haters if you've got a partner or a friend who are yeah pointing out your zits your squidgy bits generally chipping away trying to bring you down I'll tell you why they're doing it either to make themselves feel better bless or they're doing it because they're not. It's that classic thing in a relationship. They're knocking away at your confidence, so that you're more less likely to leave them. Yeah, that's what I've experienced with exactly. it. Um, get rid of them. Get them out of your lives. Dump them. Um, don't define yourself by your appearance if you're a conventionally beautiful person, because you are only going to end up disappointed with life. Because your looks will go. People, there's also a huge amount of people who can give a shit what you look like. Mm-hmm. I can give a monkeys who aren't impressed by good genetics. Uh, I'm more into your sense of humour, your ability to be kind, to be generous, your charity mm. work. You know, don't do that. And I know people who have, and it always leads to despair. 
try to find something in yourself that you value more than how you look just be like you you have something about you that is special and unique and precious and like nurture that whether it's your writing your intellect the how kind you are your um just anything anything that is your your talent your potential like nurture that yeah don't try try not to be so kind of into how you look and this is coming from someone who is completely obsessed but like that's I know that that's not right Mm. and yeah you just got to find value in those things because that's how as a society we move away from this get your satisfaction and get your jollies from other things in your life I'm lucky that my work gives me such a fucking kick find that Right, well, we have to like quick, quite quickly move on because we've got other things to cover. I have two things for the wank bank. Go, go, go. The opening of Bruno Mars's latest video, Finesse. It's been remixed, I think, Carly B. I don't know a lot of her work, but she knows that. She's in a little rap at the beginning, and then he comes on. And there's a way he looks at the camera that just makes me go silly. Well, we're, you know what we're doing after we've recorded this. Watching that. All right. And then the other one is literally just happened. Um, any buy, any car. I oh, wasn't it. Any buy we, car. We buy any car. Dot com. Oh. Philip Schofield is now the uh, silver fox face of them. And in it, he um, he rescues a kitten and he puts it by his face. I mean, Philip Schofield, I would have taken him or leave him, but you put a kitten in that. Like, oh, that's my daddy issues and a kitten. I mean, I've spoken about Philip Schofield as being who, uh, the man who awoken, Your first awoke me sexually, age seven, <laughs> seeing him and Joe's from the amazing Technicolor dream coat, being like, felt a stirring and not knowing what it was. And it was Phil doing close every door to me with his long hair and his loincloth. <laughs> oh, a kitten and... Oh, oh that was lovely. Mm. <laughs> Before to bed tonight. Oh, hell yeah. All right, now it is time for a little bit of Bay or Nay. And this, again, this is actually really quite fitting given the subject of body image and everything because today mm. we are doing Amy Schumer. Yes, Amy Schumer is a comedian, actress, writer, producer. The reason we've picked on her this week is she's released a trailer for her latest film, I Feel Pretty. It is without, it's yeah, caused a fascinating stir. Yeah. Go watch the trailer, form your own opinion. Me and Sarah will go see it in the spring when it comes out and report back. <sighs> Yeah, we won't say too much on it because we don't want to judge on a trailer. Yeah, it's not fair to judge on a trailer. I can absolutely see why there's been a whole shitstorm for various directions, and quite conversely, other people going, "Okay, they're missing the point." Blah blah blah. It's like fine, fine, fine. If you haven't seen the trailer, watch it, see what you think, mm. form your own opinions. We're talking more, you know, generally about her as a person in Taking the Bay. In everything. Um, so, are we ready to go, Georgie? Yeah, I'll take you away with Bay. This isn't too hard for me to do, but I have, I do have conflicting issues with Amy Schumer. Bay, just fucking good at what she does, man. She's got, she's a brilliant joke writer. Inside Amy Schumer is a bloody good sketch show. It's very, very clever. Oh, she works with a team of writers. She performs it well. She tackles social issues that she um, that a lot haven't, especially fe- I hate saying it, but especially female comedians. So you got all the lads talking about their dicks and their masturbating and all of that, and she's talking about her pussy. And it's it's like cool. She's almost sort of taking that for the boys. Like, yeah, we can do it too. What's your point? Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful. And some of her jokes are very, very clever and very, very funny. Obviously, or she wouldn't have had the tremendous success that she has. I do recommend watching Inside Amy Schumer. She has been told a few times for offending, especially when it's come to race. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not told her for offending. That really makes sense. Told her for being being accused of racist. I don't think she is racist. I think that her jokes may have been slightly poorly written but I like that she I like people who pour petrol on the fire and offend a bit 
our flatmate pulled me up the other day for calling him a pussy. Firstly, I did it because I know he was going to bite. He always does. But also, I don't care. I want to offend a little bit. I want to challenge that concept of calling somebody a pussy. And I hate, I hate the whole snowflake culture. So it's great that she does that. And I think we need it. And it coming from a woman as well, would have she been pulled up on it if she was a man? Just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there for something to think about. So I like that she does that. It's great. We need controversy. We need people to question things. It's when you can't back them up that we've got a problem. But I'm sure Sarah's got something. (laughs) (laughs) She's, uh, it's probably one of my favourite things about her, she's anti-guns in the US. She's a massive advocate for uh, better gun control or just getting rid of the things anyway. Mm -hmm. And it's always digging at the, what are they called? NRA. NRA. And she's never let go on that. She's never dropped on that, which is really good. She comes across as incredibly down to earth and uh, comes across well in interviews. She makes herself very, very likable. And she, I quite like this. I read, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like, I didn't read all of her autobiography because um, although I'm doing Bay, I found it a bit dull. <laughs> it was just a very, it's everything you expect of an autobiography. It was all very, it was, yeah. It's this girl with the lower back tattoo. Yeah. Okay. Great title. Not so good on the inside. She doesn't apologize for how rich she is now. And she's admitted that she changed that book deal to get more money. And I quite like that. It's sort of, there's being humble. It's like, how can you possibly carry on being humble when you're incredibly rich? Like, yeah, I'm rich. It's great. Mate. And she shares her wealth with her friends and family a huge amount. She got married recently. That's not a reason for a bay. Um, but the reason is um, she didn't ask for presents. She asked for charity donations. Nice. That's nice. Mm-hmm. She grafted it. That's one thing I did find out about her biography. She did the circuit. She worked at it for years and it's taken a, a long time to get to where she is and I just always want to applaud incredibly hard work. It's a, people say um, uh, it's luck and it's like, yeah, it's interesting though that what you consider lucky happens to those who work really hard, so. Yeah, luck takes years and lots of hard work. Yeah. She did a particular sketch, and I'll finish on this, uh, for Inside Amy Schumer, pulling up the college rape culture I won't. I don't want to spoil it. Go and watch that sketch. Yeah, think... somebody had to really, and she does. She really goes for it, and mm. I'm glad somebody did. Yeah, that's good. I think I've seen that one. Yeah, it probably upset a few people. Good people need upsetting. It's how you work out who you are and what you want to be. Boom! 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 That's it for a bang. Okay. Yeah. Eat that. All right, I'm coming in. I'm coming in <laughs> on some nay. Right, yeah. riding the few warm horse. stretches. The nay horse. Um, so, Amy Schumer has, uh, that, like, controversy follows her like a bad smell. Yeah, like, Particularly at the moment. It might have been, we did this a couple of years ago and this wouldn't have been an issue. Mm. But along with Elena Dunham, she's sort of persona non grata. Yeah. <laughs> First point, she's been accused of joke theft mm. repeatedly by many different comedians. Oh, no, I read that and I was like, oh, God, it's like the worst thing yeah, as a comedian. Um, the one that I that I kind of took note of was, um, I think it was called, like, Slap Chef or Chef Slap. Like, the idea that um, the best kind of diet you can have is where the chef prepares food for you and it's all beautiful food and then as you're going to, like, take a bite, a chef just comes and goes, bang, <laughs> out of your hand. Very funny, very cool, yeah, but that's not a new joke. That was literally told, that's video evidence of a stand-up doing the exact same thing. Shit. She reformatted it, sure. Mm. And you could go, oh yeah, maybe someone came up with the same idea, but the thing is that that sketch then goes 
in the exact same direction as yeah. the stand-up did and you're like ah huh. yeah. Um, and yeah she's been accused on multiple occasions of joke theft which sort of massively undermines. if the payoff is still the same then you've nicked it I'm afraid yeah the, she, the blind spot when it comes to race for sure like having watched some of her stand-up and her excuse has always been oh but I play this character who's like an ignorant white chick and you go, okay, I don't know how long I can buy that for. No, um, having watched her stuff, uh, her full-length things, she isn't playing that role the whole time. No. She drops in and out of it. And, and also, yeah. what are you saying? Like, are you punching up or down? Are you making the ignorant white chick the butt of the joke? Because yeah. that, that would be acceptable. But no, you're not. You're punching down. What you think cool. she would do is is um is laughing at the concept of racism. Yeah. So there's an art to that. I do it a lot with different things. It's and it's laugh, It's basically laughing at the ignorant. Yeah. That's okay. But having looked at jokes, I'm afraid they don't quite do that. No. It's not. It's like yeah, you you're joking about this because you're so privileged, yeah. and you think to you, oh, it's just a joke. Whereas the community that you're offending mm. lives this. Yeah. And as that's well, why it's a problem. You're talking from a position of... She's not talking, coming from a position of knowledge or power, I'm afraid. No. So I will deliberately pretend to be prejudiced against the disabled, uh, making it out of people who are... I can, I'm disabled. Mm. And I'm also very in front of you know, ridiculous people and their backwards way of thinking. Yeah. Unfortunately, you're a white chick trying to make a statement about racism. That's a dicey game. Very privileged white chick. And yeah. also, like, there's obviously the joke she makes in some of her stand-up, which I'm not going to dignify by <laughs> repeating. Oh, but yeah. she also, um, not long after Lemonade came out, um, she was accused of appropriating formation because when she was on location was with Goldie Hawn, they did a parody video and she said it was a tribute, but you're like, again, apart from Wanda Sykes, a bunch of rich white women um, co-opting an anthem for black women. Yeah. Like, some things are not for you, white people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking as a white person, I'm like, yeah, no, I need to, like, I can listen to it and totally appreciate it, but mm. it's, I can't, like, name it and say, like, that was for me, because it's not because it's all about, you know, kind of, like, pride in black culture. And it's yeah. like, we co- fuck off, white people. Yeah. Stop doing that. <laughs> Admire it and yeah. learn from, uh, and learn from it. And as well, there's a, billion songs that she could have you know picked on and made yeah. a thing out of and it's yeah yeah that was all i was really disappointed in that and, and often in her thing she like uses black people as props and accessories and you're like oh you're just not helping yourself yeah. she has a real talent for apologizing without apologizing yeah um, we know someone else who does that <laughs> <laughs> like you're saying about like oh you like people who don't apologize and don't step down like i i can see both sides of that completely because um, Tina Fey got called up for a couple of things. She's like, my new thing is that I don't apologise and I don't try and explain jokes. Yeah. I'm like, cool, fine. Um, I'm very much of the Stephen Fry school of thought of like, do you know what? You don't have the right to not be offended. like, Because mm. anyone could technically be offended by anything. Mm. Um, I do reserve that right more for kind of privileged white people. I'm like, privileged white people are getting offended, give a shit. But <laughs> it's if you're offending whole communities who have been systematically oppressed that's a problem and she still won't own up for it when she no, does that she's um yeah uh i'm sorry if my words caused offense is not an apology no um when you know you're in the wrong you're in the wrong 
and I just expect better of somebody with her experience and you do see the skill there mm. and you think and that's just, a lot of it's just sloppy joke writing as well exactly maybe. yeah she's got a thing for distasteful jokes sometimes you're like oh edgy cool pushing the boundaries saying the taboos cool yeah. but I, wanna, I didn't even realise this I was looking her up um, she made a joke at the expense of Steve-O's best friend who died in a drunk driving incident Steve-O Steve-O from Jackass. Jackass oh yeah yeah she oh, was, I didn't know that. literally like not very long after it happened she made a joke at the dead guy's expense that's horrific why yeah. did she do that I don't know and she's like oh I'm, I, I deeply and sincerely don't give a fuck that I and you're like oh my god okay there's, oh, <sighs> there's I mean I don't care if I offend people at all I really don't but picking on a victim of a car crash the thing is, when I do, when I know, I think, ah, that might, that might offend Muslim service. It's like, I'm not picking on victims. It's usually people who are offended by it. And it's like, well, maybe you should actually have a thing and look at it that way. Or you're just being a bit of a snowflake, go do one. But that's just being hot. That's just being nasty. Yeah. It's, she doesn't actually sound like she's particularly pleasant. <laughs> is no. the thing that is coming up as I've been reading. I'm sure you're all aware. We have mentioned this before on a much older episode of um, Hungul called Icons, I think. We talked about um, both Lenny Dunham and yeah, Amy yeah, Schumer. Um, if you remember the time that her one of her writers, Kurt Metzger, um, he wrote for Amy and he was victim-blaming rape victims on Facebook. Yes, I call this. And she kind of refused to take a stand on it. And I've got a direct quote here. She says, um, Kurt does not work for me. He is not a writer on my show. Please stop asking me about this. His words are not mine. Kind of to put that in context, he was he has writing credits on 39 episodes of Inside Amy Schumer. Mm. Like, demonstrably, he is her writer. Mm. Um, she What she did was make it about her. Please stop asking me about this. It's like, fine, you are not responsible for him and what he d- does, like, because he's another human being and he will do what he does but what you do have a responsibility to do is take a stance yeah and like if you've you know you do have weight in the feminist community like maybe not so much now but at the time like you people look up to you and the whole thing about rape culture that was that thing in inside um, amy schumer on the, the school campus and inside the army that why are it's it's okay for you to talk about it this but the moment it personally affects you when it's someone you know you refuse to actually have an opinion on it that's quite difficult it makes me question her motives yeah. for the sketches and it's like all oh, right you did it for your own self gain yeah because uh, you knew that it would capitalize yeah, and it was jump and it was a uh, uh, a big topic at the time yeah because uh, there's a particular lad who uh, had been caught out and um, uh, yeah so she just jumped on a bandwagon as opposed to actually caring and which ties into my final point really is Glamour's She Get Any Size issue, um, she was featured in a photo shoot um, along with people like Adele and other plus, well, plus size mm-hmm. artists, models, everything like that. And she reacted really badly to being included. Oh, yeah, I read that, um, which is making her just more of a hypocrite with the new films concept. It's like, yeah, right. exactly. She's someone who has constantly played the oh, I'm fat, I'm plus size, I'm ugly card, mm. like, I'm not pretty enough for this, I'm too fat for this, to, when it suits her, yeah. namely with this new film, mm. but she gets offended when it's labelled, when she is labelled by other people. Yeah. And actually, like, she get any size, the whole message was that, you know, like, everyone is beautiful, and everyone has beauty in them, regardless of size, and yet it didn't fit in with her idea because she's like, but I'm not plus size, I'm this size. 
And it's like, I get like she's saying, oh, it's unhealthy that young girls could grow up and see and be told that I'm plus size when I'm not. But it felt more like a hypocrisy. Yeah. Like, again, she's, it's only ever on her terms. Yeah. Yeah. Everything is always on her terms. She seems incredibly self-centered and um, entitled, essentially. Mm. And I think that's kind of where I came (laughs) to by researching her. I'm like, oh, do you know what? You know, some people you're like, I'd like to spend time with you. You sound cool. No. 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 I, I, I feel... I reckon she's pretty no fun. I reckon, yeah, yeah. she's... You also get very spoilt. Yeah. Individual comes to light. I say, um, you don't have to be a nice person. It's totally fine. You can be, like, a really talented individual and you're actually not, like, that nice human being. Like, fine, but it's just sort of, like, disappointing when you're trading on comedy, which is quite a, yeah. you know, genial... <laughs> Yeah, thing yeah. and people want to spend time with you and be with you because you're fun to be with and yeah. but then if you turn out to be a bit of an asshole, it's very disappointing it's very disappointing um, uh, in the industry to have that because it's just unnecessary um, yeah. also as well as that she uh, preaches all of these things and then doesn't live them yeah it's not actually how she thinks and feels uh, I mean she'll probably use the excuse oh it's an act it's an act it's like yeah sure I go on stage with a version of myself but I could never do so I didn't care about hmm um, and she's very vocal about it. It's not just when she's on stage. She's vocal on social media and things about, you know, her thoughts and opinions on things. So it's not as if she can pretend that that's an act. Mm. And she's gotten called out many times for things mm. she's said on social. And you're just like, well... Lena Durham's a good um, example of you've got to be bloody careful and really stick to your guns and know what you're talking about. I think that's what comes down to it yeah. with them. Yeah, and it's it like the right to be offended, and you're, oh, you're, we're going to be offended in this life. Yeah, it's like, it it's, just happens sometimes. It's just going to happen. There's dickheads out there, there's nasty shit in this world. Yeah, Georgie's one of the dickheads, she'll try and offend you. I will, I'll go out of my way. It's just to amuse myself, because I get bored. But um, I like what Ricky Gervais said, he said, um, when people go to his shows and they say that they're offended, he's like, what do you want me to do with that? You're offended by my show? He's like, that's t- telling me your leg hurts, what am I supposed to do with that? However, if you're going to go to a Ricky Gervais show, it's like there's a risk you're going to be offended because we know what his comedy is like. Mm. Also, the idea... I like to offend because it makes a point, usually about what I'm saying. If someone said I'm offended, it's like, right, good, that was the purpose. And it usually ties into what I'm talking about. Mm. However, with Schumer, she's actually just offending by writing badly and lazy jokes delivering it badly and not being able to back it up and support it i love those and funny because i could uh, i can argue them down because i know my shit she does not no and it's sort of yeah picking on a minority group is is um, indefensible and i've i have watched some of her stand up and it's quite hard going (laughs) there's so many jokes about someone's pussy i can hear i mean there are some bits that are very funny i'm just like very clever lines there are other way more interesting way funnier way more inventive comedians female Mm. and male like whatever you want Mm. out there and i i feel i feel like the romance is over Yes, we will report back in the spring when this film comes out. Which I'm dying of curi- oh, the curiosity's killing me. Oh boy, I gotta know. It's gonna um, be fun. All right, mm. George, what? Who is your hand of the week? I fuck, I'm done one. Oh no! I'm sorry, I was up in Schumer. Oh, I must have um, a hand of the week. All right, do you want to do you want to think about it while I talk about mine? Yeah. Cool. Right. Think first. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my hun of the week is a girl. She's 16 years old. She's called Sarah Chad. Um, literally, we didn't know about her until this morning. That's how fast the news cycle's moving. She is a student at the school um, that had the shooting in Florida. Mm-hmm. And she spoke out 
after the shooting on Twitter because Trump had tweeted, you know, oh, my thoughts and prayers, condolences with all the victims of the blah, 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 blah. She tweeted, I don't want your condolences, you fucking piece of shit. My friends and teachers were shot. Multiple of my fellow classmates are dead. Do something instead of sending prayers. Prayers won't fix this, but gun control will prevent it from happening again. Like, I love that. Fucking brilliant. I fucking love that shit, because, yeah, this thing of, oh, my prayers, and, oh, I'm outraged. Great, what the fuck's that going to do? Yeah, do something. Yeah. Fucking do something. And actually, of all the people President Trump is in a position to do something, will he? No, he fucking won't. But anyway, she, that tweet went viral, like, loads of people picked it up, and it's just gone crazy. And she's, since blessed her, she's, like, apologised for her language. She's like, look, I'm sorry for using such kind of base language with that, but I'm angry and I'm grieving. Yeah. My, my sentiment remains. And she then went on to say that I would like, she's like, like I am the person who tweeted at Donald Trump um, the other day. I would like to express my opinions on gun control to you face-to-face because he's coming to the school. Nah. And it's just, like... Oh, yes. Gonna, right, we have to keep an eye on the news for when he goes to the school. So to you, Sarah Chad, you can you can find her if you want to have a look at this, at Sarah Chad underscore. Nothing after that. But yeah, I think, like, that's brilliant. Like, I'm so I'm so glad that... Like, it, it has so much more impact somehow when the, the, the kids who are at the school yeah. are, like, saying something. Because I feel like I haven't heard this before. Mm. It must have happened, but this went viral. So mm. I was just like, yeah, fucking go. You, like, that's, that's brilliant. Call people out. Tell yeah. tr- speak truth to power. It's so important. So. And encourage people to take action. Actually speak louder than words. Exactly. And if all you can do is say something... Actually, just don't say anything. Can I... <laughs> can my hun be a hun on the basis that I want to sleep with them? No. Alright, worth a try. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> um <laughs> my got a new game, yeah, it's Georgie's game. Um my mate Molly. Um Molly is um a performer, uh, she's also a makeup artist who um worked on a photo shoot I did recently. She broke a rib on stage. I'll tell you how she did the guy uh, I'm sorry it was the lad's fault she was wearing with sorry mate actually not sorry you're a dickass uh, he lifted her up into the air in a lift and he when he brought her back down he misjudged it and her rib hit his shoulder oh. I know oh. thankfully she's okay a broken rib is pretty painful though um, but what I love is that she's doing a run of a show and she's still up there doing it I, just, I love people who just get on with it I love it can't be doing with complaints she just gets on with it beautiful well done to you Molly Mm. alright well have an awesome week all of you Huns out there just to tie up we are on Twitter at Hunger Queens Um, I'm on Twitter at Sarah Bradnam incredibly boring what's your handle again George? on Twitter at Georgie Pokai at Georgie Pokai um, you can also find us on Facebook and that's just Facebook slash Queens of the Hungle you can email us if you wanted to get in touch about anything in long form <laughs> um, we are Queens of the Hungle at gmail.com and we also have an Instagram account that's been reactivated yeah yeah again that's at Hungle Queens if um, anything has offended you in this episode then please do tweet us and let us know she <laughs> really wants to know okay. um, yeah um, you can tweet us with the hashtag at bay or nay that's at um, not at what am I talking about hash hashtag b-a-e or N-A-Y if you want to check in your thoughts on Amy Schumer or anything we've talked about today um, yeah if you want to talk to us to anything about body image or anything like that we would love to hear from you mm. and please if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts please rate, review and subscribe it helps other people find the podcast and we will be back with you very soon yeah we'll see you soon cheers bye <laughs>